three new fake news stories. Mr. Reagan. All right, so if you watch my show, you know that I just came out with a video called The Top 10 Most Egregious Instances of Fake News. But just last week, there were three more egregious examples of fake news. And they were so egregious, in fact, that I felt that it was necessary to do a short follow-up video going through them. Besides these new fake news stories, there's also a new Pew poll out that measured public trust in journalists. Not surprisingly, trust in journalists is dropping. In 2018, 55% of Americans trusted journalists a fair amount or a great deal. Today, it's down to 48%. Even among Democrats, 70% of whom say they trust journalists, only 14%, 14% say they trust journalists a great deal. That is utterly shameful. It should be at least 90%, something like that. Journalists really have to step up their game, have some journalistic integrity, obey some journalistic ethics, and regain the public trust. All right, let's get started with the fake news. Number three, the European virus. Okay, so I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed, and what do I find? Governor Andrew Cuomo saying something completely insane. I guess that shouldn't come as a complete shock. He is a Democrat, but this was particularly bizarre. Now, we tend to call the coronavirus the Chinese virus or the Wuhan virus because that's where it originated. The appropriateness of this title has come under some debate because despite calling it the Wuhan virus or the Chinese virus themselves, the media has now classified such a label as racist. Because, of course, Trump used the terms. Whenever Trump says anything about race or culture or geography, apparently, the media has to label it as racist. And so the media has stopped saying Wuhan or Chinese in an attempt to stigmatize the terms and win their little pissing contest. But in avoiding geographical classifications of the virus, Andrew Cuomo took things one step further. He has started to call the virus the European virus. Yeah, I don't get it either. All right, let's have a look at the clip in just one second. First, I have to sell you something. Imagine if you had received a personal invitation to invest $50 in Uber when it was just a startup. On IPO day, you could have made $248,250. That same $50 invested in Amazon before it IPO'd could have made you over $7 million. Mike Marcula was Apple's first angel investor. On IPO day, his windfall was already 220,552%. But that was when Apple was only worth $1.8 billion. Think about how much Marcula's net worth grew as Apple blazed a path to becoming the first $1 trillion company in U.S. history. And without him, iPhones, Apple Watches, iPads, and other devices that we use in our everyday lives may never have been invented. Look at these surprising returns from these popular startup companies, some earning 583,264% return surge. What would you rather be, an angel investor or an IPO investor? The choice is clear as day. How would you feel if you could lock in a ground floor opportunity in the hottest startups this year that everybody is fighting over. Fortunately, Shark Tank's Robert Herjavec and his team of ultra-successful angel investors are here to help deliver angel deals with life-changing upside delivered to you on a silver platter. Watch the free video at GetAngelRich.com or click the link in the description to see how you can participate in these potentially lucrative deals before the mainstream finds out about them. That's GetAngelRich.com. Yes, we have more cases than anyone else. Yes, we had this European 
virus attack us and nobody expected it. But we're not only going to change. Now, it's unclear why exactly Cuomo has started calling it the European virus. But it appears that he's trying to popularize the notion that though the virus came from China, that those in New York and the East Coast United States contracted the virus from European travelers. Now, he has no evidence of this, but it looks like his theory goes something like this. Trump banned travel from China early but Europeans were still traveling into New York. And so, though the Europeans got it from China, it came to New York through Europe. And so, his thoughts are that we should publicize this particular path of travel. You know, like when you travel to New York from L.A. and you change planes in St. Louis, and people ask you, where are you from? And you say St. Louis, because that's where you stopped off for an hour. Obviously, this is an attempt by Cuomo to employ what I'm going to call an ultimate virtue signal. He's not only avoiding the truth about the virus, that it comes from China, he's actively spreading disinformation about it, suggesting that it comes from Europe. I mean, granted, spreading the disinformation that the virus originated from Europe doesn't appear to be Cuomo's goal, but he's got to understand that labeling it the European virus might have that effect. And if he doesn't, he's clearly a moron. So either he's a moron or he's willfully deceiving the public. And I actually don't believe, contrary to what it sometimes seems, that Andrew Cuomo is a moron. And this idiotic attempt at ultimate virtue signaling actually stems from more fake news, which is that Asians are being targeted for harassment because of coronavirus. Now, I have read some rare accounts of this happening, but it looks like it's mostly uneducated black men harassing these Asians. Speaking of the virus, police say it may have played a role in this attack at the Grand Street subway station on Sunday night. He even called the woman diseased. Tell the move! Because he's standing right next to me. I don't want him under me. Move. Uh-oh, he's scared, OG. Crack your You hear that, nigga? Get your f***ing dad. Don't be scared. Don't be so kid. Go get your kid. He just robbed your dumb ass. Go get the kid. He said, get the f*** off of him. Get your bitch ass. He said, he said, he said get the f***. Nigga, nigga, they all his kids, huh? Go get your shit. Hell, nine helping this nigga. I hate Asians, nigga. But this is not really the kind of racism that the media wants to talk about. And so they just say that Asians are being targeted and harassed because Trump is calling it the Chinese virus. Nancy Pelosi even took a stroll through Chinatown in San Francisco to show everybody how safe it was. But again, there is a problem with the media narrative here. Nobody is blaming Asians for the virus. Maybe the Chinese government, but not Asian people generally. I remember when the quarantine started and Trump kept calling it the Chinese virus. And I remember calling up my friend Kurt in Hawaii. And he, Kurt's half Japanese. And I remember just shouting over the phone all kinds of obscenities and racial slurs. 
I was so mad at him because the virus originated in China and caused this massive quarantine, and he was half Japanese. Oh, oh wait, no, 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 that's right. I, I didn't call my half-Japanese friend Kurt, and no, I didn't shout obscenities and racial slurs at him, and I, I was not mad at him because the virus originated in China, because I'm not completely insane. The leftist media and Democrat politicians believe they have so sufficiently embedded the conservatives are racist narrative into the cultural consciousness that they can just claim something utterly nonsensical like this, and they think that we're all just going to believe it. Unfortunately, there is a significant block of Americans about which their assumptions are correct. I honestly don't know how to shake delusional leftists awake to get them to realize that not everything CNN tells them is the biblical truth. But there are just some Democrat voters who have total tunnel vision. It's sad, but true. Many Democrat voters are a lot like Joy Behar or Jimmy Kimmel or Mark Lamont Hill. Many American voters buy into the CNN MSNBC narrative of everything. And all I can do is keep making videos like this and hopefully they see one of them. Number two, the Asian reporter. So the racism against Asians narrative directs us straight to the next egregious instance of fake news. Now this appears to be an off the cuff fake news moment, but it, this might have actually been something that the reporter had planned ahead of time. I don't know. You know, a Trump bullet already in the chamber waiting for a shot. Now, you've probably seen this, but let's watch it again. Here is the encounter. You said many times that the U.S. is doing far better than any other country when it comes to testing. Yes. Why does that matter? Why is this a global competition to you if everyday Americans are still losing their lives and we're still seeing more cases every day? Well, they're losing their lives everywhere in the world. And maybe that's a question you should ask China. Don't ask me. Ask China that question, okay? When you ask them that question, you may get a very unusual answer. Yes, behind you, please. What, sir, why are you saying that to me specifically? I'm telling you, I'm not saying it specifically to anybody. I'm saying it to anybody that would ask a nasty question That's like that. That's not a nasty Please question. Please go ahead. Why does it matter? Now, I don't actually like Trump's response here. He realizes that he's being accused of racism. It's a ridiculous accusation, obviously, and he, he gives the boilerplate, I'd say that, to anyone response. And we all know, of course, that he has said that to, to tons of reporters, black, white, Asian, whatever. He's certainly not targeting this particular woman to criticize China to. Wait, 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 that, that white guy is asking about coronavirus? Okay, don't bring up China. The, the black woman is asking me about coronavirus? All right, don't, do not bring up China. Oh, okay, okay, the Asian woman is asking me about the coronavirus. Now is the time, bring up China, bring up China. <laughs> Obviously, the woman's suggestion that Trump is targeting her in order to criticize China, well, that's just insane. But how I would have responded is by calling her out very clearly on what she was trying to insinuate. I'd say, well, I said that to you because you were the one that asked the question. Who was I supposed to respond to? And what the hell are you trying to insinuate anyway, lady? Are you trying to insinuate that my answer is racist because you're Asian and I criticize China? So we're not allowed to criticize China to Asian people now? Is that the new rule that's racist? Okay, well, I don't accept your new rule, and uh, I'm going to criticize China to Asians. I'm going to criticize Russians to Europeans. I'm going to criticize Venezuela to South Americans. I'm going to criticize anywhere to anyone that I want. 
Honorable mention, Chris Cuomo's fake quarantine. Now, I know I said three instances uh, this last week, but there's another fake news thing that has been irritating me lately. Chris Cuomo, the brother of New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and a major media personality for CNN, has not only reported tons of fake news in his day, but Chris Cuomo also, he got coronavirus and then he lied about obeying the quarantine orders. I think... 30 years ago, a reporter would be fired for such a thing. In the old days, not only were reporters required to obey journalistic ethics, but a lack of personal integrity would also have done some damage to the trust that the public placed in them, and their careers would be finished. Now, though, journalists need neither journalistic integrity nor personal integrity. And the reason this is so unbelievably awful is that Chris Cuomo is constantly telling everybody that they have to obey the quarantine, but he doesn't. In fact, Chris Cuomo's practice of rules for thee but not for me seems to fall perfectly in line with everything else the Democrats teach. We must ban fossil fuel consumption. I mean, but of course, I, I still need my private jet, I mean, obviously. Brett Kavanaugh was accused of sexual assault 40 years ago. He's clearly an evil rapist who must be hanged. What's that? Joe Biden was accused of sexual assault 27 years ago? I mean, that's okay. Who cares? It's just Joe Biden. Joe Biden for president. Everyone must remain in quarantine. I mean, everybody except for me, obviously. I'm important. All right. So Cuomo breaks quarantine. Okay, not that big of a deal, except he actually had coronavirus. So little bit bigger deal. But whatever, I'm not even that annoyed by that. What's really annoying is this. Chris Cuomo was caught breaking quarantine. It was reported in the news. He got in a fight with a guy who confronted him about it, and Cuomo even admitted to the altercation. Okay, but then Chris Cuomo produced a segment on his show in which he pretended to emerge from quarantine. Here is the official reentry from the basement, cleared by CDC, a little sweaty, just worked out, happens. This is what I've been dreaming of, literally for weeks. My wife, yeah, right. <laughs> she was cleared by the CDC. She doesn't have fever. She doesn't have the symptoms anymore. More than seven days from her quarantine. We're still a little scared, so I'll just give you one of these. 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 Uh, but wait, how are you emerging from quarantine when you were never in quarantine? We all know you were lying about being in quarantine, dude. You talked about it. The whole thing was a hilarious farce. Reporters want us to trust them, but they produce virtually no effort to earn our trust. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe the problem is that journalists today feel that their profession lends them some automatic authority. Since they are, quote, a journalist, they believe that the public must automatically trust them. And maybe that was true 70 years ago, but it's not 1950 anymore. Nobody believes a journalist just because they're called a journalist. Things have changed. You have to earn our trust now. And maybe these guys just don't get that. Hopefully one day they'll figure it out. And now finally, we come to number one. Chuck Todd's misleading clip of William Barr. This is honestly one of the most egregious instances of fake news maybe ever. This was so blatant, obvious, and despicable. I don't even like reporting on it. It's like reporting on homeless people defecating in the street. It's just a disgusting topic that I don't want to broach. And yet, I must. Last Sunday, Chuck Todd was talking to Peggy Noonan, and he asked for her reaction to William Barr's response to a question about dismissing the case against Michael Flynn. Here's the clip from Meet the Press. 
Uh, you brought up Bill Barr. Peggy Noonan, I want you to listen to this Bill Barr answer to a question about what will history say about this. Wait till you hear this answer. Take a listen. When history looks back on this decision, how do you think it will be written? Well, history is written by the winner, so it largely depends on, on <laughs> uh, who's writing the history. I was struck, Peggy, by the cynicism of the answer. It's a correct answer, but he's the attorney general. He didn't make the case that he was upholding the rule of law. He was almost admitting that, yeah, this is a, this is a political job. But here's the problem. This was not Bill Barr's answer. This was merely an aside. This is not a bad thing to say. It just suggests that William Barr thinks that people in the future might look back on him unfairly because if, you know, crazy leftists rule the world in 100 years, maybe the history books will cast William Barr in a negative light. I think this is totally fair and an insightful observation about the nature of reality, which actually answers the question perfectly well on its own. But Chuck Todd characterized that answer as cynical and admitting that his dismissal of the Michael Flynn case was totally political. First of all, that answer is neither cynical nor admitting to any such thing. And secondly, it wasn't his answer. Here's the full answer. This was a big decision in the Flynn case, to, to say the least. When history looks back on this decision, how do you think it will be written? What will it say about your decision-making? Uh, well, history is written by the winner, so it largely depends on... on <laughs> Uh, who's writing the history, but I think a fair history would say that uh, that it was a, it was a good decision because it it upheld the rule of law, it helped it it upheld the standards of the Department of Justice, and it undid what was an injustice. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be the end of it. What do you mean? It's not the end of it. Well, I said we we're going to get to the bottom mm-hmm. of what happened. So as you see, William Barr's answer wasn't cynical or admitting to political motivation at all. It was a precise and nuanced answer that was objective and at the same time remarkably self-aware. But Chuck Todd and the fake news producers over at Meet the Press thought that they could get away with totally distorting it and trying to make Barr just a political operator, doing the bidding of his evil master Donald Trump and trying to indicate that the dismissal of Michael Flynn was not justice but a mere political maneuver. But in addition to all of that, the deception is particularly egregious because in early January of this year, Chuck Todd produced a special episode of Meet the Press called Alternative Facts, An Assault on Truth. This was a step-by-step breakdown of how he insists that Donald Trump, Fox News, and all the other right-wing media outlets like to gaslight and otherwise manipulate their gullible, uneducated, redneck audience. You know, people like me. I produced a comprehensive response to that episode a couple of days later. Let's have a look at that. This Sunday, Alternative Facts, The Assault on Truth. This is what you're going to see throughout the show. Chuck Todd describes a phenomenon that he and other leftists in the media are participating in. But he characterizes it as a problem of the right of Donald Trump. This is their strategies explained and then falsely applied to right-wing media. Number one, dismiss. Attack critics to erode their credibility and invalidate the facts. Number two, distort. If the facts are against you, make up your own facts. Number three, distract. What about ism or the I'm rubber, you're glue defense? If you're accused of something, accuse someone else of the same thing. Number four, dismay. 
threats, and intimidation. This whole episode of Meet the Press is so amazing to me. They've essentially produced a play-by-play handbook of the deception techniques that they, the mainstream media, used in order to deceive their viewers. Chuck Todd ends the episode with a panel of hard-left wingers. Journalists are not in the information business. We are in the trust business. Hmm. Trust is an emotion. You're not in the information business. That's basically like saying facts don't matter. He wants the public to stop questioning his reporting. His contention is that journalists are always honest and they're always right about everything. And so the public should just trust them. And so journalists should focus on marketing themselves as trustworthy because how can you focus on being more honest when you are already 100% honest? (laughs) You have no integrity, Chuck Todd. You're a huckster and you're a propagandist for a left-wing political ideology. Now, in this special episode of Meet the Press, Chuck Todd is trying to convince his audience that conservatives manipulate and trick their audience, and he provides a spectrum of tactics that he insists they use to do this. However, as I note in my response video, it's obvious that Chuck Todd is projecting. He's describing things that the left-wing news does, and he's simply saying that conservatives do this. It's a typical left-wing tactic. Accuse your opponent of exactly what it is that you're doing before they can accuse you of it. I mean, it never sounds good to say, no, I'm not doing that. You are. That sounds like something a child would say. And so this kind of preemptive strike against conservatives can be very effective. However, accusing others of what you're actually doing is only effective if you hide what you're doing. This terrible edit of William Barr's answer. It was so obvious that it was instantly discovered and spread through social media like wildfire and even culminated in Donald Trump's call for Chuck Todd's firing. Chuck Todd eventually claimed that the edited clip of William Barr was merely a mistake, and that's extremely difficult to believe. If William Barr had made the statement in a disjointed way, perhaps answered it poorly and then answered it more clearly later on in the interview, maybe I'd accept that. But it was literally the next moment. There was no time between his rumination about the nature of the historical record and his feelings about the dismissal of the Flynn case. You just had to keep playing it. That's it. Just don't stop playing the video for a few more seconds. There was a time when Meet the Press was my favorite show, back when Tim Russert was the host, but that was a long time ago. Maybe Trump is right. Maybe Chuck Todd should be fired, but not for this. Rather for turning Meet the Press into just one more outlet for leftist propaganda. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they know so much. That isn't so. Good night. Mr. President, in talking about the continuing recession tonight, you have blamed mistakes of the past, and you blame the Congress. Does any of the blame belong to you? Yes, because for many years I was a Democrat. <laughs> but does any-